Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Facebook, 7 o'clock-ish, JJ Stiano here, plastic surgeon to the stars, and I am, I think uh, amongst the influencer community, we call it dual screening, or dual, dual um, I don't know what we call it, but anyway, I'm, on, I'm going on uh, Instagram as well, and that's normally first, so I, so I press the button on Facebook without typing in, so Instagram, Instagram's instant, good evening Instagram. Good evening, Facebook. Uh, hope you're all well and navigating your way through this thing called life. And um, very much hoping the, that everything in terms of audio and video is working. But the way the pros do it is they don't ask, they just go, okay? Because I'm just assuming it's going to work and I'm just going to go. And I'm assuming that someone was going to say if your audio and your video is not working, if it's not. So, um, Mind you, I did do a webinar a couple of years ago now, and it was 20 minutes in, and someone said your audio is not working. 20 minutes in. I remember that day. Mercury is in retrograde that week. I'll tell you that for nothing. Um, so what you've got, I'll tell you what I've got. I've got a list of questions which I'm going to pull up right here and right now. But if you've got a question, for God's sake, ask, ask away. Corinne, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Looking forward to seeing you next week um much better Corin. i am feeling much better i was ill week before last wasn't it because yeah the week before last i was i was ill um feeling much better gotta be honest children are all ill all over the place and everything i think it's just a cold because everyone's doing covid tests and they're all negative so i think everyone's got colds and things mind you um you know, the adults seem to have sort of got it first and then the children's afterwards. But I think the children seem to be a lot less uh, affected by it and they weren't as ill as I was. Um, I just go. I just can't do anything. Boom, down, down. Can't do anything. Uh, but back up now, you know, like a lion, you know, can't keep me down. Um, so I'm going to crack on. Uh, I'm going to start with this question, go something a little bit like this. Do implants need replacing after 10 years? Um, if you're new to the channel, we're talking about breast implants here, okay? There's lots of different implants, but uh, um, there's only one implant that this guy uses, and that is breast implants. And breast implants do not need to be replaced after 10 years. I don't know where that's come from. There are some things that get ingrained in people, and I don't know why some things get ingrained and other things don't get ingrained. I don't know how... My daughter's looking around at universities and one of the, she's looking at psychology and what's the other one that begins like that? Fit, not physiology, um, philosophy. That's it, philosophy. Um, and you know what? I find it fascinating. And I, I, I sit there thinking, I just want to stay here. I just want to do this degree. Love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, and this, so this would be, what would this be? This would be psychology. Why are some things ingrained in people and other things not? We try and ingrain things if we know not. The two classic examples are tooth brushing and sunscreen. 
for some reason, we are ingrained in us to, to brush our teeth twice a day. Everyone does it. Habit, like clockworse, clock, 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 not like, like, clock, clock first. And uh, sunscreen. Oh, I mean, look up, I don't know if the, you can see, I, I caught, I mean, to my shame, I caught the sun yesterday. I went to the sports day and I thought it was going to rain today. I was more raincoat. I thought it was going to rain. But, um, but we're not very good at sunscreen, are we? Uh, you know, when you go to holiday in Ibiza, you bring your sun cream and that's it. But really, we should be doing it like toothbrushing. We should be doing sun cream like every day. But no, only people just worry about getting sunburn in the light when they go when they go to some hot place. They don't do it as a routine. But we should be doing it as a routine the same way we're doing toothbrush. But for some reason, toothbrushing's got it. Sunscreen hasn't got it. And bring it back to the to the topic in point. For some reason, implants needing change every ten years is something that ever having the blood taken from the arm these people have had a lymph node dissection who've had breast cancer they won't let you take blood from that that arm again that's something that gets completely ingrained in people now i'm not saying it's not you know a problem but it's not that much of a problem that people make out as if it's some kind of you mustn't take blood out of this arm or it's going to fall off you know where, how does that get ingrained in people that you can't take blood out of the arm you've had a lymph node dissection now 50-50 split, maybe try the other one first. But if you can't get out blood out of the other one, it's okay to take blood out of that arm. It's not that big a deal. I mean, if you do get infection or something, yeah, infection is going to get worse if you've got a lymph node dissection. But where 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 it gets so deeply ingrained that you mustn't have blood taken out of that arm. And as I say, I'm not, not necessarily saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's interesting that this, how you understand the psychology of how that gets ingrained. What... What is it that make up, makes us have things ingrained? And they can they can ingrain things in us. Like, look what they've done with the the um, paper uh, not paper bags, the plastic bags at supermarkets. I mean, I can remember going to a supermarket. You know, no way you go to a supermarket carrying a bag of paper uh, of plastic bags. But now the thought of getting a plastic bag from the supermarket is just like, forget it. There's no way I'm getting a plastic bag. I'm bringing my bags. Or if I'm not bringing my bags, I'm carrying it all out of my hands, you know, and dumping it all in the boot. Um, smoking. Smoking in, in pubs and restaurants and stuff like that. They think they've done a really good job at changing us, changing our mindset on that, changing our psychology. God, that's what I could do my dissertation on, isn't it? How you... Um, what would that be? Would that be applied psychology? How you get a large body of people to come to your way of thinking for something? Fascinating. I genuinely, actually, what the weekend it was the film studies. We went to film studies. We went to an open day, and there was a film studies course on film studies and I sat there and the lecture theater was like a cinema and I thought oh my god just leave me here can you imagine that that is your degree film studies and they watch clips of video films and they watch films and they talk about films and that's your degree wow I mean that is living the dream it doesn't get better than that that is living the dream I would genuinely I said to him I said can I go and ask him what are the entry? You know, could is it could it work? Could I do this degree? The problem is, I want to live on site and you know, do the whole thing. So I'd have to be saying, oh, I've got to go to my clinic now to do uh, to 
you know, you've got to go for it, haven't you? I mean, you could say you only, but I don't, I really, once I thought about it, properly thought about it, I don't think it's a go, is it? Let's be honest with ourselves. Look in the, look in the mirror, you know. I think I didn't look out of place, but then it was because it was an open day with all the fathers and mothers there. I think on a normal university day, let's be honest, I think I would look out of campus on a university campus, wouldn't I? I'd look out of place. Yeah. Taste of honey is worse than none at all. Shouldn't have gone. But I did love it. I loved the whole day. The ambiance. Um, anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, this is something that gets ingrained in people that re implants need to be replaced after 10 years. Personally, I don't do anything at 10 years with people who've got breast implants. I do offer all my patients a follow-up. So I offer everybody an annual follow-up. And if you, whether or not you take that annual follow-up, you can come back and see me if you uh, want. But I don't routinely do any tests, any scans, and I certainly don't routinely replace implants at 10 years. The implants themselves have usually got a lifetime warranty. They're built to last forever. Having said that, you might get problems at 10 years. So I do say this to people, people having people, people having surgery, that if you are going to have a breast implants, you might have problems and it might start to occur around five or 10 years. And the most likely thing is uh, capsular contracture, scar tissue forming around the implant, making it feel hard. Um, now, that doesn't mean they have to be changed. Just because they go hard doesn't mean they have to be changed. But if you don't like it, if it's uncomfortable, if it looks odd, then you might want to have it changed. So you don't have to have it changed. You might want to have it changed. The other thing, I guess, would be rupture. Um, but rupture is not actually that common. So um, no, they don't. And as I say, personally, I don't do scans. I will happily see you and examine you and take a history from you. But I don't routinely scan people because in a way um, I, I can find that scans taken uh, for for a sort of routine purpose without a, um, you know, without a specific problem can create more problems than they're worth because they can say, oh, it looks like it might be a bit of this. And then you think, oh, God, what am I going to do? It says it might be a bit of that. It might be, it might be ruptured. But of course, it might not be ruptured. It's like, oh, great. What's that mean? What should I do? Haven't changed? Okay, well, here, pay me a large sum of money and I'll change your implants. Thank you very much. I've changed your implants. Oh, by the way, they weren't ruptured. And by the way, they don't look as good, these, this set you've got now. How happy are you going to be then? None. None happy. That's how happy you're going to be. So, you know, I'm like, if you haven't got a problem, don't go looking for something because you might find that it's time that you get some unhelpful advice. So that's where I am on that. But um, but people are different. I think some people do routinely scan and stuff like that. And if you feel you want to have a scan for peace of mind, etc., by all means, have it for peace of mind. But if you do do that, you have to go in with your eyes open and realize that uh, it might flag something up that, you know, you've got to think, what are you going to do if, if the scan says something and you're absolutely happy with everything and got no problems and the scan says there might be a problem? Are you actually going to go down the surgery route? Because if you're not, it's like, well, what's the point in doing the scan then? But if you're concerned and so if you've got any symptoms or any or any um, problems, then then it's worth, you know, getting seen to and seeing what's what. Jude, what do you got? Jude, don't Jude, I don't like my breast implants as they're too big. Can I get them removed without leaving two empty sacs? What are my options? Oh, Jude, difficult. Yeah. I mean, you got it there, haven't you? You said it. You asked your own question. I mean, I guess it depends on how long they've been in. So if they've been in a week, then maybe you could get them removed and you'll look pretty similar to how you looked before. 
but I'm assuming they haven't been in a week because if they had been in a week, I'd probably be saying to you, oh, don't worry, they'll let them settle. So, you know, you, you sort of catch 22, really. You sort of let, let you know, live them with them for a year or so to, just to check you're happy with them. And um, But the problem is if you do have implants and then you do decide to have them removed, then yes, I th I'm afraid the two empty sacs comes into the situation because they will have stretched the skin and that skin will then droop may droop should i say i won't say it will droop but it may well droop and you may have your two empty sex scenario so what are your options uh three options jude two two options two or three options anyway option one is to remove them and see what you think see how it goes because it might be all right now i hate i hate to be um uh, uh, a bit vague by saying it might be all right because I don't know it might be all right they might, the skin might recoil and it might look okay um, so that's an option uh, if it's it, the other thing is have an examination by a doctor I guess is the first thing to say because they might you know you might think oh crikey they you know they are going to look a bit droopy and you know so have an examination but this is as good as it gets in this sort of over the internet um way this is as good as the, as good as the information gets in this sort of way i mean believe it or not this is good information judy i mean you may not think so but um this is gold gold dust this one what, what i'm saying here um so um so yeah one option is to remove them and see how it goes and the other option the, the other main option is a lift i mean that's what we're talking about here in avoiding the two empty sex scenario is a lift but that, that needs a discussion to show talk about the risks scarring the sort of shape that you can achieve and also the volume is going to be a lot less well it's going to be as much less as the you know as, as the implants have given you so you're going to be the same sort of size as you were pre-implants which you've got to be happy with so i said there's three options i guess the other option is to have a, an implant or maybe a smaller implant um but if you just had a smaller implant they might still droop to a degree so you might want a smaller implant and a lift that's four options there then isn't it so remove and see what it looks like Remove them and have a lift. Downsize them and see what it looks like. Downsize them and have a lift. Um, but it's not easy, Jude. It is not easy. And what I normally say to people is if they're too big and you really don't like them, there's a lot to be said for getting rid of the problem in the first instance. Just remove them and see what you think. And then you can always do a lift at a later stage. But if you really think you're not going to be happy, removing them and lifting them, I guess, is... A, is a, I guess those are just two, two main options. Just remove them and see what you think. Or removing and lifting them. Hope that's been helpful. Um, oh God, people have been saying stuff on Instagram. Size soap. How do you tell the difference between excess skin and soft excess fat? I'm almost at my original goal weight following VSC. VSG. BMI will be 25. <laughs> VSG. Is it VSG or VSC? Um, but I feel like I have a lot of fat left. Is it possible? That this is skin instead. I'm finding it very hard to tell. Thank you. Um, don't worry, Sophie. I'm saying Sophie. I'm assuming that's your name because you're size so. I feel like I know you, but uh, don't want to be too um, um, personal. Jude, thank you for asking the question, to be honest with you. I do very much appreciate having a bit of interaction. And Soph, call you Soph. Sorry, so Soph. So, Jude, if you're wondering what I'm doing here, I'm double screening, yeah, Instagram and, and Facebook. So, Instagram, Soph's wondering about the difference between excess skin and soft 
excess fat. Um, I'll tell you what, Soph, the it's, it's usually a bit of both. Um, but so there's usually skin and fat, but we really want to try and get rid of as much fat as possible before we do surgery. So um, that's why we ask your weight to be right. So if you've got a BMI 25, that suggests you've lost your, your fat. You're doing pretty well. 25 is a sort of normal, inverted commas, uh, BMI. And, um, and um, so that means you've done well on your fat removal. So it's probably, I mean, I don't even know what body part of your body is because it also depends on, because some parts, when you lose weight, some parts of your body tend to, to do better than others. Um, and um, the problem that you usually have is excess skin. Now, there's fat there as well. So when you do something like a tummy tuck or an arm lift or um, thigh lift or something like that, there's fat there as well. So you do remove fat as well but your predominant problem is not the fat. You don't do surgery for the fat because you do weight loss for the fat. And then you normally do the surgery for the skin and it's tightening. The skin is the point of the surgery, although there is often some fat there as well. So there's, it's, it's usually a bit of skin and fat. Um, but if it was just uh, fat, then you could do liposuction, for instance, to remove it. But usually you need to do um, to do a skin excisional procedure. Uh, this is going to be said, I'm finding it very hard. So, yes, you, it's probably a bit of both. That's a really interesting question. Also wondering what happens if you want to get implants removed. Yeah, it is a problem getting um, implants removed. Um, uh, VSC, VSG, a gastric sleeve. Is it a gastric? Is it right? Right. Okay, thanks so for that. I, I, obviously, I knew that because I'm in the industry. Yeah, guys, just uh, for those of you not in the know, uh, VSG is a, is a gastric band, obviously, obvs. Uh, doing it for the others, so not for you that likes you and me, because we know what VSG is all day long. Yeah? The VSG before breakfast, mate. Um, Tommy, what you got? Do your prices for gynecomastia include liposuction if required? And what advice would you give when researching the right surgeon for the required procedure? Yes. Oops. Yes, they do, Tommy. So you... Almost always, I have done gynecomastia, but I can count them on the fingers of one hand. I think I might be able to count them on the fingers of one. Actually, no. Um, so, if you do a skin excision, you often don't need to do liposuction, but you don't often need to do skin excision. So, if you're doing a, 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 a non-skin excision gynecomastia, it's usually a combination of uh, liposuction and excision. Um, I just remember one particular case, actually a couple of cases now, I think about it, where they've had very, very dense glandular uh, gynecomastia and haven't had liposuction. But the vast majority of patients need a combination of liposuction and excision. And the price for gynecomastia is for gynecomastia correction. So it's to, it, it's regardless of what you need to, need to do. Having said that, there are two prices. So there's a price if you need skin excision. So it's a more expensive price if you need skin excision because that becomes a bigger operation. But if you don't need skin excision, which is the majority of patients don't need skin excision, um, it's it it includes it includes liposuction. Yes, indeed, it does. Tracy, you've requested to be in the video. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that is a mistake. Um, if it's not, then I will accept it. But if I accept it, I'm going to be in your living room before you know it. So I don't think anyone. Well, I'm assuming no one wants that. But if you do want that, then hold on to your hats because I'm coming. Size so it stands for vertical. Right, uh, that's obviously so far I knew that. But uh, 
for the viewers. It stands for vertical sleeve gastrectomy, apparently. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> so, thank you. You've entertained us there and educated us as well. Entertainment and education, yeah? That's the strap line of this. Entertainment and education. Write it down, someone. That is the strap line. That's how we're going to advertise it. Jude says thanks on Khan. Says hello. Hi, Khan. Nice to see you. Donna Strange. Get you getting all savvy on social media. Say you... <coughs> Am I might enjoy which next... Why are you called Donna Strange? Um, Pierce, my surname isn't really strange. I know it isn't, Donna. I know it is. Am I am I enjoying which next week? Yes, I think I am, actually, now you mention it. It's all coming back to me. Wednesday morning, I am, aren't I? Thank you. Yeah. Getting savvy on social media. You bet, Donna. You bet. You know. Um, Lisa's in the house. Good to see you, Lisa. How are you doing? Um, sorry, no, not in my living room. You don't want me in the living room. I didn't think so, Tracy B. People, I think it's easy to tick that. Do you want to be in the in the live thing on, on Instagram? But I think the vast majority of people don't. Uh, slash everybody. I've never I've never done it with a, with someone else. Um, yeah, there's a there's a admission there. But um, I wouldn't mind. I guess. I mean, I don't know if I'm opening myself up for a can of worms to say that, but I wouldn't mind doing it with someone else, like a split screen. I guess you wouldn't see it on Facebook. But, you know, it's, it's an option, isn't it, for the for the uh, for the progression of the of the theme, education and, and, and entertainment. That's what we're all about. Um, why is it better for your BMI to be under thirty before considering cosmetic procedures? Well, um, so I mean, generally, for for most procedures, really, for for, for most procedures for most elective procedures because you're always going to get someone saying well i had an appendicitis and i had it done they just didn't tell me they didn't say anything about my bmi and they just took my appendix out and they uh, and it all healed up fine and i don't know why you're making such a fuss so if there's um, an emergency procedure or an urgent or a time sensitive procedure then you're going to do it when it you know just you're just going to do it so this is for elective surgery so to be honest with you it's not really it's not just um cosmetic surgery um there is an argument to say to get your weight right for any surgery and the reason that they use a bmi of 30 is simply because when they've done studies they've used the 30 bmi as a cutoff and they've shown that your wound healing problems your risk of complications like um, chest infections pneumonias dvts uh, a higher a higher bmi so that is a reason for really any surgery for your BMI to be as low as possible, really, or at least, no, no, actually, I shouldn't say low as possible, um, should be around your ideal weight, because having a very low BMI can cause its own problems. So not not as low as possible, because you need to be healthy and, and in, a, in, a, in, a, in a situation where you can heal your wounds, etc. So you need to have adequate nutrition. So um, but but having your BMI within the normal range is uh, advisable for any surgery. It is a particular thing, having said that, for cosmetic procedures, um, particularly for body contouring cosmetic procedures. Um, so your, your tummy tucks and your breast lifts and, and things like that, um, because as well as the wound problems, which can be significant with these operations. So wound problems can be a real problem with 
body contouring because wounds are all closed under tension. It's not like most surgery where you make a cut in the skin, you go underneath and you do what you're going to do, and then you stitch the skin and cut up. With cosmetic procedures, you're cutting a huge mass of skin out and then you're closing it up ridiculously tight. So if it if the wound doesn't heal up properly and if it pings open, it can be terrible. So um, you really don't want any wound healing problems. So that, that that's a that's a one additional problem for cosmetic. But the other reason that we really go on about it for cosmetic procedures is because if you're having body contouring, you ideally don't want to change your weight after your surgery. Now, I know we've all got to live a life and it's hard to say I'm not going to change my weight. But if you know that your weight is high and you know you want to lose weight, you really need to lose that weight before you have surgery. I know you can think I all the weight's in my tummy and all the weight's in my breast and I just want to get this done and then I'll be able to exercise better and I'll be able to lose weight so much better. And I understand that argument and there probably is truth to that argument. But from a surgical point of view, that argument doesn't isn't right. It you know, does, doesn't uh doesn't apply you are better to lose your weight first and then have the surgery and i know it's difficult when you're carrying a lot of weight to lose weight but that is the way it needs to be lose weight first because if you have the surgery if you have a tummy tuck for instance and your bmi is high um one you've got an increased risk of complications but two if you then went on to lose weight afterwards you'd have redundant lax skin which i could have made tighter if you'd weighted and lost the weight before the surgery also sometimes there's intra intra abdominal fat so you can still if you have a tummy tuck and your bmi is high you can still have a, a rounded look to your abdomen if there's still a lot of intra abdominal fat so um ideally that's where you want to be going to everyone we look on at a case-by-case -case basis and we discuss everyone on a on a uh, on a individual basis but that's the that's the idea Lisa is doing fantastic with a capital F, loving my new body. Lovely to hear, Lisa. What a wonderful patient. Thank you for that. That's brilliant. Um, Tracy B, would stretch marks increase the risk of treat of healing infection following a tummy tight? No, Tracy, not really. Um, I mean, the skin of a stretch mark is damaged skin. And so it's, you know, it's going to be marginal, the effect. So when you're stitching skin up and you're stitching stretch mark skin, if you like, um, it's not quite as good a quality. The dermis, the, the thickness of the skin is not quite as thick as a as a, a, a an undamaged, if you like, piece of skin. Um, but it's not a significant effect. I wouldn't make a big deal about they say you would is going to be worse if you've got a lot of stretch marks. Um, the main deal I make is that you might still have stretch marks if you're having a tummy tuck because all the stretch marks from your belly button down to your pubic area get removed. But if you've got any stretch marks above your belly button, then they will remain and get pulled down. It usually is not a big deal in terms of the healing, uh, having stretch marks. No. Um, now I have to think twice about this question. Do we offer microblading removal? Frantically thinking, what microblading removal? What the heck? What remo removal of what? Like removal of a mole by microblading? Um, I think what they're saying now, not again, not a little bit out of my comfort zone, which is where I seem to spend most of my time. Um, I think microblading is a thing they do for eyebrows, isn't it? They cut, shave off your eyebrow and then cut the skin and pour ink into it or something, I think. Um, so I think what this is saying is do we do removal of those microblading tattoos? I think, honestly, I think that's how this question is going. That's how I'm going to answer it anyway. Uh, if you ask the question and I, you mean something else, then please. Um, 
come back at me. Um, I would say no to that. We have had people ask about that. Now, sometimes they've had a little bit of extra that they don't like, and you could look at trying to remove it. The problem is, if you're going to do removal of a tattoo of your eyebrow, you're going to give a scar. And particularly if you're waiting for your hair to grow back, the scar that you give it will not have hair on it. Scars don't have hair. Now, there'll be hair on either side, but um, if you have a scar in a place where there's not much hair, then it can be obvious there's a sort of line in the hair. So it's it can give problems giving a scar in that area. So um, I've had a couple of people with these um, tattoos of the eyebrows they don't like, and I've been a bit been a bit negative. And I don't think might be wrong, but I don't think I've actually done surgery to remove them. Uh, I, I remember offering to someone, but I, I wasn't very positive, and strangely enough, they never never came back. But um, but. Oh, again, if you have got that, I probably wouldn't be very positive, I hate to say, because I would be very concerned about giving you a scar, obviously very cosmetically sensitive area in front of your face. Now, the scar may well fade nicely, but it won't have hair on it. So if you do grow your eyebrows back and you have this sort of line without hair on it, you might find it annoying. I mean, I guess you could tattoo the scar. I mean, it depends on what the problem is, really. But you certainly wouldn't want to remove the whole lot. And, uh, you know, if you do remove it, then you, you might remove hair-bearing skin if you are waiting for your eyebrows to go back, you might remove skin that eyebrow hair would have been on, and then you wait for your eyebrows to go back and they don't grow back normally because you've removed a big chunk of skin where the eyebrow hair would have normally been. So it's a, it's a, um, it's a probably a no from me for that. Um, for that. So look at these comments. What are these comments here? Honestly. Um right, so what uh what we got? Alex, how are you doing? How hey, how, do you keep the belly button during FDL tummy tuck? So Alex, I do know what FDL is, you'll be pleased to hear, because that is in my remit. The gastric sleeve is not my thing, you know. It's a bariatric surgeon does stuff like gastric sleeve. FDL flirtily. So flirtily is the one with an inverted T-shaped scar. It's a normal scar of a tummy tuck, which goes from hip to hip and also one straight down the middle. Um, now, with any tummy tuck, yes, you aim to keep the belly button, Alex. Yes. I say aim to because one of the risks of tummy tuck is the belly button can die. So you can lose the belly button. And one of the problems with a flirtily is that vertical scar. It can be unsightly. It goes straight up the middle of your abdomen and it goes sort of, I won't say through your belly button, but your belly button is in the middle of the scar. So um, you have a, like a straight line scar and your belly button is in the middle of that scar. So it can sort of, it is a bit more difficult to get the definition of the belly button to get the shape around the belly button is a little bit more difficult with a flirtly. Um, but there's no question that you do not uh, remove the belly button when you do a flirtly. You aim to keep the belly button. There is a risk the belly button can die. And in certainly, and some people who've got significant abdominal apron and a significant over, overhang, you might do you might just take it off, do just, you know, if you just want a quicker operation, do call it an apronectomy where you just take that, that apron off and including the belly button and you don't even bother putting the belly button back. So sometimes we make the decision not to replace the belly button, but the, the vast majority of patients you are trying to keep that belly button and uh, it will be in the, in the middle of that uh, um, vertical scar. So yes, you do keep it. Uh, you do keep it. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
do we offer facelifts um no no we don't i i because i don't do facelifts when i started my uh, specialist training i did specialist training in head and neck surgery and head and neck cancer so my um, background was in cancer reconstruction and my fellowships were um facelifts um, were face and breast so um so you so I, I was going either down the face or the breast route and almost went down the face route but ended up in the end going down the breast route so my specialist training or my, my consultant job was in breast reconstruction after cancer um i was looking for a job which did a bit of breast and a bit of face bit of facial reconstruction after cancer as well as breast reconstruction after cancer but that's hard to find those jobs there's not many in in this country so um you usually have to go with one so i went with breast and so since then breast is the thing that i've done so i haven't done faces and i don't do rhinoplasties and i don't do blepharoplasties and, and what have you um now we do the, the other surgeons do do blepharoplasties because that we can do that at the clinic but the bigger procedures like facelifts and rhinoplasties we don't really do um, because we stick with breast and body contouring. Um, so, yeah, no, we don't. Michelle, I was thinking about you, Michelle. I was asking that So, Michelle, that's very helpful. I lost my belly button, but I haven't missed it. Oh, what a wonderful. There you go. So, to be honest with you, I mean, the belly button's a scar. I mean, that's what it is. It's a scar from the umbilical cord. So, um, but it is an important landmark and you're left with a scar. If you do lose a belly button, as I say, it is a risk with a tummy tuck. If you do lose a belly button, then um, then you're left with a scar where the tummy tuck used to be. Um, and there you go. Um, often people, particularly people having fleur-de-lis and what have you, have such a significant improvement getting rid of that extra excess apron. Um, I mean, we you aim to keep the belly button, but you know, it might not be as big a thing as, as you might think, but uh, thank you, Michelle. Uh, there you go, Alex. Michelle uh, lost a pretty button, but she hasn't missed it. Um, oh, here we go. Do we offer flirtily? Just last question. Last question. I should have a banner. Uh, do we offer flirtily with a mons lift and an upper back lift? So. Um, Last question. Look at that. Oh, wow. Look at that. Um, so, do we offer thirdly with Mons lift and upper back lift? Um, right. Now, that the problem with that. Hi, Megan. Nice to see you. Hope all's well. I've got to be honest with you. I had to lie down. I've had to actually sort of not quite wait, set the alarm, but you know, wake myself up to. <sighs> dear, oh dear. I think it's my age. Um, do we offer a flirtily with a mons lift and an upper back lift? What's an upper back lift? <sighs> I mean, this is a trick. This is a tricky one to answer in a in a virtual fashion. And I think this is something I probably need to see the person and, and talk to them about what could be possible. Well, I'll give it a go. So, fluidly, yeah, 
that's an inverted T-shaped scar, uh, tummy tuck. Okay, we're okay with that. Mons lift. Now, I've often said it's hard to do stuff to the mons. So it, if you've got a significant problem with your mons, it's hard to do a lot to the mons when you're doing a tummy tuck because the mons is sort of south of the scar. The mons is the pubic area where the pubic hair is. And you don't want to do too much going down south of the scar because if you release too much of the tissues down there, the scar can drift up and you can get a scar which all goes up in the middle. So we can do a bit to it. We can have a bit of a go to it, especially if you're having liposuction. You can do a bit of liposuction to that area. Um, but I wouldn't call it a mons lift. Um, you know, I would say trying to debulk the mons, try and make the mons a bit less heavy. Um, um, sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes you might need a mons lift, another operation uh, at a later date. So that is a risk that you might need another, another procedure at a later date, which would be a, a specifically looking at the mons once your tummy tuck is all healed. Um, so we could have a have a go at debulking the mons, but it would be just a, uh, just that, just having a go at it. Um, sorry, what is a fleur de Thank you, Amanda. Uh, fleur de is a tummy tuck. So a tummy tuck is a uh, takes out a larger lips of skin from your belly button down. To your, to your pubic area, if you've got cesarean section scars, goes down to your cesarean section scar, gives you a long scar from hip to hip. A fleur de lis tummy tuck, the pet, so that's that uh, tummy tuck takes out an ellipse of skin. A fleur de lis tummy tuck takes out as well as the ellipse, so it takes out the same amount of skin, but it takes out almost like another ellipse at the top going vertically. So it looks like, you know, in King Arthur times, the, the, the knights have the shield with the fleur de lis, the, fleur de sign on the shield like a three like a thing that I'll write it on the back of my Costco receipt um, so belly button alright so that's the that's the that's the sorry that's your belly button that's the normal tummy tuck you take out that that's your belly button um, you take out there um, I could have got a better piece of paper than my cost currency, couldn't I, in hindsight? But you know what? Um, so a fleur de lis. So that's your normal. That's your fleur de lis. So fleur de lis takes out the same as a normal, but that bit as well takes out a bit vertically. So that one gives a scar like that. There's that one. Yes. And uh, I'm going to try and draw a shield here. So, um, Blooming interiors joined. So that's a normal one. Gives a scar uh, Instagram, gives a scar like that. Normal. Yeah. Fleur Lee takes up an extra bit up there. So it gives us same as a normal one, but then a line going. <laughs> yeah. And then a Fleur de Lee, that's a shield. That's like what King Arthur shields have, and they have that Fleur de Lee sign on it. So that's why it's called a Fleur de Lee. So um so it's the same as a normal one, but with a scar going straight up the middle. Uh, so it gives an inverted T-shaped scar. 
So the T thing is the problem here. And this is the Mons, this bit here below the scar, this bit here, and this bit here is the Mons area. Um, that's where the pubic hair is. Um, Samantha Van Aston is in the house, as is Errol Plastic Surgery. So yeah, that's what a thirdly is. Um, so it's it's like a it's like a normal uh, tummy tuck, but more with this. So to be honest with you, this question saying, do you do a fleur de lis with a mons lift and upper back? The fleur de lis is actually irrelevant because it's it could just say tummy tuck. So you know, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so fleur de lis with a mons lift, you try and take some of the heaviness out. Uh, the upper back lift. Now, first of all, I don't know what an upper back lift is, um, but let's just assume it's like having a bit of fat on your back that you might want some liposuction for. An upper back lift kind of suggests taking skin out. I've never actually taken skin out of the upper back. Um, but often people have a bit of fat here that you might want to do some liposuction on. Now, the problem with this is that it is difficult to get to the back when you're doing a tummy tuck. So can you do it? Well, yeah, of course you can. You can roll people over and, and get to the back. But it is a bit of a palaver. And a fleur de lis <coughs> is quite a big operation in itself. So what I would say, and this is me personally, and I think everyone's different, uh, Errol will probably be different. Uh, and I think you do these extended tummy tucks where he really gets around the back. I think I'm right in saying that. I might be wrong, but I think I've seen that somewhere. Um, probably on your LinkedIn or something. But um, but for me, I don't get right round the back. I don't try and roll people. I don't try and get round the back. So I do what I can do lying on the operating table. So if you've got a bit of fat here, I might say, look, I'll do a bit of liposuction to that fat there. But I, but I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't call it an upper back lift. And it, I wouldn't be focusing on that um, because it is difficult turning people during surgery. So um, you, you, it's limited how much you can do around the back when you're doing a tummy tuck procedure. There you go. Yeah. So I thought I thought he did. Yeah, Ertan on the is it on the Instagram? Ertan Errol. Yeah, he does extended tummy tuck. So he goes, I think, quite far around round the back with a normal tummy tuck so for me i would just do a normal tummy tuck which means what i can see from the front I keep them lying on the on the table could do a 360 where you actually do a proper all the way down and turn people you know you often do two turns which is a, a significant undertaking now some people like Ertan does does uh, does what's called an extended tummy tuck so they get quite far around the back and i think they probably use sandbags i'm guessing or or they sort of rotate the patient to try and get round, uh, somehow uh, I'm assuming um, I use send back to lift the hips. I think that's sandbags. Yeah. So you use, so rather than doing a full turn, just getting the staff to sort of lift the hips up so you can get on the back. Um, so that's the thing. That's the thing about this sort of stuff. You get different, different people do different things. So Ertan does a bit more around the back with his tummy tuck. So that's his tummy tuck. Um, presumably, if you're going to use sandbags, you can do a bit more to the upper back in that uh, situation but personally i don't i don't get round the back much when i do a tummy tuck i do what's when you're on the operating table so i can show you in the clinic if you lie on the clinic you know lie on the t table and i'll say look i'll have a go at these bits here you know i'll have a go here here yeah but i'm not going to get round the back i'm not going to do do a huge amount round the back um and I'm not going to do a, 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 I don't even know what a back lift is, to be honest. So, so uh, but I could do a bit of liposuction to the, to the, the, the usually you do it to the hips and flanks, to these bits and the, the, the sort of lower down. But sometimes people do have it higher up as well. 
But uh, as I say, it sounds like that's something probably needs to talk, talk about in the clinic uh, because it's a little bit of a, a specialist thing. Fleur de with a mons lift and an upper back lift, that's quite a um, quite a niche. Uh, what's Ertan got? Le leave seven to eight centimeters from the middle back and take the dog ears without any undermining. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sounds like a reasonable thing to do because usually when you do a Fleur, uh, sorry, when you do a 360, the real benefit of a 360 comes from the sides, really. It's not really the back. In my, in my experience, it's not really the back. Um, you always limit the excision on the back anyway. So it's reasonable what Ertan does where he actually doesn't go all the way around, doesn't meet in the middle. Um, uh, but, of course, yeah, doggies is, is, a, is an issue. It's an issue with any sort of tummy tuck. Where you end the scar, there can be a bulge. So that's, I guess, the benefit of a 360. You're not going to get a dog here because you're going to go all the way around. But... Um, Getting into nuances of extended tummy tucks versus 360s versus full tummy tucks. Um, and it, you, what you'll find is people do things differently and they've all got pros and cons of it. So I'd always be a bit wary about someone saying this is better. There's always going to be a nuance of something that's good and bad about it. And I think, you know, there's good things and bad things about what I do and what others do. Ertan, I gave up Fleur de Lee 10 years ago. I've got to be honest with you, Ertan, I'm not big on Fleur de Lee um, either. Um, so... <laughs> I, I'm not. Be, I mean, I'm, I'm answering these questions because these are the questions as they come. But I, I'm not a massive fan of Fleur de Lis. I don't like that uh, straight line scar in the midline personally. Now, yes, it does narrow the abdomen from a side to side direction. Um, but I, 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 per, I mean, it's a personal thing. At the end of the day, you've got to have a discussion with the patient, see what they want. But I, I'm not a huge fan of the Fleur de Lis. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the 360 because it is quite a big deal. But I guess I think 360 for me sits better than a than a fleur de lis and um, often you can get a very nice result with a a, a, a full tummy tuck um but you know as i say i'm not i wouldn't say i gave up fleur de lis i would just say that i don't personally love it because the scar i think is unsightly a lot of people say hey man i can't show it and then you give them a big scar at the middle I might still hate their abdomen and uh, also that inverted t that t junction can have problems with healing so it's not to be taken um, lightly. So I've got to sort out my Costco receipt. Um, Amanda, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for asking the question, Amanda. Um, so without further ado, I'll get my slider off. Is it a slider? No, my crawler. Can I crawl off? That was good. Thanks, Ertan. Lovely to see you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, hope to see you somewhere sometime. Um, I'm going to check out and go and put my feet up. In fact, I'm probably going to go back to bed, actually, if, you, if you're asking. Early night. Can't do this anymore. Um, so, yeah, next week, I guess. Then I'm on holiday after that. But seeing Corinne next week, yeah. So um, could be seeing you. <laughs> but uh, um, So, yeah, if you're... Uh, Jackie, good to see you. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for being a staunch supporter. So I'm going to check myself out of here and uh, at the same time, same place. Hope the family gets well. To be honest with you, Corinne, they are getting better already. I think it's a, it seems to be a one or two day thing, this. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're fighters, Corinne. They're fighters, yeah. You know, um, don't like to complain. You know, we just get on with it. So uh, checking out here, uh, love you lots. I'm stopping the stream, as they say. Uh,
Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.